Good morning. How are you doing this morning? Woo, that's an awesome video. That's the best way to start a church out, right? That reminds us why we are here as a church family is to see lives changed and see people who are buried in the likeness of Jesus' death and they're raised to walk in newness of life. That is why we are a church. That is why we follow Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is the only one can change the person's life. They exchange their heart, and when the heart changes, everything changes, right? So thank you for being here at Impact Church. I am uh, Tim Witt, Pastor Tim, uh, executive pastor here. And so we have a few announcements. We have a few people want to get up. So I just wanted to welcome you, and uh, thank you so much for being here. And I want to invite Rick Kennedy. Rick will have a, our first set of announcements, get you all on the same page. Good morning. Welcome, Impact. We got a lot of new faces. Got LU back in town, so uh, you are definitely in the right place. Uh, so we at Impact, we, we just that we want to make an impact on this community. Uh, we have so many opportunities, so many ministries that we are trying to get going and get started. And guess what? We need you. We need you. We need your help. Uh, we need your support. And and as a Christ follower, uh, that should be your heart. Uh, and, and so let this church be the leader for you and you join with us as we go off and try to try to uh, meet the needs of the community. So uh, I'm going to highlight the big ministry that I personally involved with, and that is through FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. We have been doing this now for maybe five years on or off. We had a little, little break with COVID doing it, um, but we provide on Wednesday nights down at the football field after practice we provide a a meal for the football team everybody's invited to stay obviously it's it's optional right and because we do it through fca we we get we do not get pushback right because fca is a is an organization that um we can use in the schools and and, and it's voluntary for people that want to participate so so we use fca as our avenue to be here, to be in the school, to be at the football field. So Wednesday nights, we do a meal. And uh, there are a number of Christian coaches on the football team that support us. Um, last year, we probably averaged about 40 players would stay on Wednesday night uh, and have a meal. And what we do is we feed them physically, food, and then we give them a devotional, we feed them spiritually, all right? And so here's where you come in. This, this is where I need you. So I, I help organize uh, and do that. I, I teach here at JF, all right? I coach high school football here at JF. Um, so uh, I have kind of an inroad to what's, what's going on and how everything works, but um, here's where I need you for the meals. So on the table next to the offering box, there is a sign-up. Right now, when you sign up, what's going to happen is I'm going to put the list together. Everybody who signs up, right, and then I'm going to call you um, during sometime during the season. Usually, if we get enough people to sign up, I only call people one time during the season for one Wednesday night. Right, and what I'm looking for is people that want to. So the three things we do are obviously we have our main food, we have like sides, like dessert, I mean like chips or macaroni and cheese or whatever kind of little sides. And then we always have desserts, right? Cookies, brownies, you can make them, bake them yourself, you can go buy them, whatever, right? 
So those are kind of the three elements that I look for. And so usually I'll contact people and say, hey, uh, can, you do, can you help us this week? All right. Um, so that, that's what you're signing up for when you sign up. All right. Uh, leave your number, put your cell phone number on there, and then that way I will contact you sometime during the season. Like I said, hopefully just one time, one, one Wednesday night. Um, they come off the practice field about 7. All right? We usually get there about 640. Uh, 645, start getting everything set up. Oh, and the other thing is also drinks. If you sign up, you know, I may have you do drinks. Uh, Gatorades and water are, are the two drinks we usually will do. Um, but with that, also there are um, FCA Impact Church envelopes over here. All right. Um, if you want to make a financial um, tithe to this ministry, um, please select an envelope um, over here and... Um, Put that in the offering box this week, next week, whatever. Um, that goes a long way, too, all right? Because usually um, I'll make runs to the grocery store to help get what we need. It's not available. So, so that is a great ministry. We do so much here for JF, and this is probably one of the biggest impacts we have directly uh, with the students on the football team. So thank you. I look forward to everybody um, willing to participate. The Lord... Uh, lays on your heart to do that. Uh, we are so glad to have that. Thank you. Thank you, Rick. Rick is one of our elders here at church, and so we have elders that are active and, like Rick, want to be a part of the community and how we can make an impact. Next, we have Christy Van. She's like our director of cameras and technology and stuff, all that stuff. I'm not going to be like Rick. Every time he makes an announcement, he walks right into our camera. Man, I tell you what, and you talking about having to look at that, scare you to death every Sunday, <laughs> scare you to death. Anyway, um, my name is Christy Van, and I love to talk, so I have been limited to one minute. So I will hurry, unlike Rick did. Um, I want to first of all bring your attention to our tech um, team. Um, we have um, a young man, Thomas Davis, who has been with us for quite a while now. He has poured every bit of everything he has into our tech team, and it's not an easy job trying to set all this up, trying to network everything. Don't think I know how to network anything, but he does. And um, he's just been an amazing blessing to our, um, to our tech team and to our church in general. So um, today's his last Sunday. He's going over there to the other church, and he's going to do his internship at Thomas Road, so we are losing him, but I just want to take a minute, give him a round of applause. He's so shy, he won't come up here, so he's that, uh, yeah, he is that precious redhead kid back there, and if you don't, don't meet him, go meet him at Chick-fil-A on Timberlake. He's awesome. All right, second thing is, I'm serious about this. Um, we need help on the tech team. Um, and I never honestly thought I would ever uh, want to run a camera or much less do anything, well, anything with that. Um, but anyway, um, I'm looking for people that just want to be a part of getting Pastor Brad and our church out to the world. And when I say the world, I mean the world. Obviously, the Internet can reach the world, right? Um, you don't have to have any special skills. If you bring special skills, we will not turn you away, but we will definitely... Um, hook you up with learning cameras, anything. So if you have any interest, if God pricks your heart or anything like that, just think about this ministry back here. There's a lot going on back there every Sunday that's going to affect people all throughout the week. Um, and 
weeks and years to come. So if you are interested in that, please see me after church and, um, and we can get you hooked up, okay? Thanks, and Thomas, thank you again for everything. Yeah, Thomas is great. Uh, just a great story of a young man. I think he came here as Christian service for Liberty, just to come here and serve and get Christian service credit. And he worked closely with Silas. If you remember Silas, our last uh, director of technology, closely with him. And then when Silas got called to leave, Thomas stepped up into that position and said, I can do this. So he went from volunteer to paid staff. So he's, been, he's part of our paid staff here. So he's not just a volunteer leaving us. He's a paid staff member that has worked hard for years. We're very proud of Thomas and what he's doing. And he's going into youth ministry. So he's getting his internship over at Thomas Road with middle schoolers. So he'll need your prayers. So pray for him. Uh, he's going into the lion's den. And, uh, but he's going in with the faith of Daniel. I know he's going to do a great job there. So, so pray for him. Uh, next up, Jeremy. He's going to talk about our youth. I'm not that important. You guys don't have to applaud me. Thank you. No. Um, just like uh, Tim was talking, so we got youth is rolling. Um, kids are back in school. I know some parents are probably ecstatic about that. They don't have to worry about entertaining their kids every single day anymore. They say, hey, get on the bus, go to school. But with that, obviously, things get a little chaotic with their schedule now, right? Extracurriculars are back up. Their homework load will so hopefully not be too bad, but we all know it's going to pick up here. And So a couple of things. One, youth meet 6 to 8 p.m. every Sunday night um, at the what we call the weight room, Source 4 building. So if you have a teen here who has never been to youth and you know wants to come to youth, please come find me after church. I'll be glad to talk with them, try to get them involved, get them plugged in, um, get them to meet some other teens there, try to build the friendships and the camaraderie and everything like that. But also something kind of just missed it. We, we are a little busy with baptism and camp and just everything going on this summer. If you have a sixth grader that started this semester, or I say semester like I was college idea, but started school this past season, um, they're more than welcome to join us now. So we the come up day, we kind of missed that a little bit. I know school already started, but if you have a sixth grader who, who has started, bring them tonight. Let them come join us. I know that transition is a scary transition. I know it's hard for kids at sixth grade. They're going from elementary school to middle school. And next thing you know, they're plugged in with seniors in high school. And they don't really know what to do. And there's this big age gap. Bring them. We will make them feel loved. Our leaders will make them feel loved. We will have teens that will make them feel loved. So do not let them feel anxious about anything like that. Allow them to come grow mature and enjoy the process as they transition and get older. So please bring them out tonight. And then we got a ton of leaders that we have been able to add here in the last month or so, um, which has been amazing help for me. It's always, you know, stressful when we don't have, you know, when we have college kids that leave for the summer and then they get overloaded with some schoolwork and loads and things like that. So we've been even able to add, our college kids are coming back next week. They're moving in this weekend. But we've been able to add people who just attend Impact on a daily basis, yearly basis, and so, which has been amazing. So if you have teens, we want to get them plugged into their lives as well. So extracurriculars, soccer games, football games, dramas, band competitions, whatever it is, 
let us know because we want to pour back into their lives as well. We want them to feel loved. We want them to feel connected and welcomed here at Impact Church and Impact Student Ministries. So that's just everything I had. I wanted to make sure we get the youth out in front of you guys. I know a lot of times that kind of goes to the wayside a little bit, but we want to make sure you guys know our youth group is flourishing. We're doing amazing, and the kids that we have are amazing. So bring them out. Let them come meet new people um, and build friendships. Do you want me to pray? Okay. So let me pray for the worship. Dear Lord, just uh, thank you for how amazing you are. Thank you for all that you do each and every day in our lives, Lord. It's um, Sometimes we go every single day. We don't even think about what you're doing, the hand and the protection that you put around us, Lord. The, the times where your just hedge of protection just keeps us safe. It, it keeps us you know, going in the right directions as allows us to make the right decisions each and every day, Lord. And I just pray that we constantly lean on who you are, Lord, on your provision for our lives and, and not what our heart's desires are, Lord. I just pray as we get into worship, as, as Tony and the band leads us, Lord, that our heart are just, you know, open and burdened to what you have to speak to us today, Lord, through worship, through what Pastor Brad is going to preach today, Lord. I just pray that we don't push you away, that we don't harden our hearts, that we don't distract ourselves with things of this world, with things, you know, around us, that we can just focus on your word, Lord, on your love, and that all that you have for us, Lord. I just pray as these kids are back in school, Lord, that you fill the schools, Lord, that you fill all that's going on, Lord, where society is just constantly changing and adapting and, and just new things are coming up, and, and we just pray for these kids as they try to grow up in a society, Lord, that is just teaching all sorts of things, that, that they just push those things away, and that the church can step in, and that we can help guide and direct and lead and, and just demonstrate what it looks like to be a godly people, Lord. So I just pray as these kids are just going through school, as the college kids are coming back and they're embarking on their next chapter of life, Lord, that they can just stay focused on you, that they don't get so overwhelmed with all that they got going on. Again, just allow worship to resonate with us, to impact our hearts, Lord. Thank you for who you are, your grace and your mercy. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. So thankful for that grace and that mercy. Thankful for salvation. And this first song just helps us remember who we were before Christ came and saved us. And so we're so thankful for the glorious day that he saved us. Let's all stand together as we sing. Oh, my. 
goodness and his faithfulness this next song is just called firm foundation there's a couple of words that our God doesn't know one of those is impossible we serve a God for whom all things are possible can you say amen to that all things are possible and there's another word that uh, that is not known by our God and that is unfaithful he's always faithful he will always be there. And I'm just so thankful that no matter what we may face, we have a God that we can count on. We know that he is there with us. He's a firm foundation, the rock on which we stand. Let's sing to him this morning. Thank you, Lord. stand 
last song we'd like to sing together is called You've Already Won. We introduced it last week and uh, just talks about the battles that we, that we face. We serve a victorious God who has already won the battle. So we can know that even though we may not see the victory at this point, it's already been won. And we trust that he's going to be with us through the whole way. We love you, Lord.
you, Lord. I know how the story ends. We will be with you again. You're my Savior, my defense. No more fear in life or death. Yes, I know how the story is. Thank you, Lord. We will be with you again. You're my Savior, my defense. No more fear in life or death. No more fear. We know how the story ends, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, we again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Impact Church, how are you doing this morning? Everybody good? All right. Excited for another Sunday here in the house of the Lord, I hope. And uh, also as uh, exciting to uh, get another school year started. How many college students we have up in here? Yeah, okay. Look around you. Good. All right. We hope to double, triple that as we go along. So welcome back here uh, worshiping with us. If you were at Impact uh, last semester or in previous years, welcome back. If you're new, welcome. And if you're new in general, you're a family here visiting, and maybe some people brought you with them, whatever the case may be, welcome to Impact Church. We're glad you're worshiping with us here this morning. We say this every single week, that if you're searching for a church home, a place to get plugged in, maybe while you're here at college, maybe you're moving to this area, you're new, maybe you've been here a while, you're searching for a church home. If you're searching for that place, we hope the Lord would anchor you right, right here God's doing amazing work. We would love for you to be a part of it. We hope this will be your last stop and your last shop. Amen. And uh, if you're looking for a church that preaches the Bible unapologetically, does not leave holes in it, doesn't sugarcoat it or water it down, you're in the right place. 
All right, so here we go this morning. Welcome and worshiping with us. Um, also, uh, keep in prayer a, a family that's very uh, close to um, us, to Stacy and I. Uh, she had the uh, young girl Cassidy as a student back when she was in the classroom teaching. Um, she uh, uh, went to be with Jesus this week and um, uh, 10-year battle with cancer. And I can't imagine she's 19 years old. And uh, started it when she was young, and um, so she had fought hard and had many victories, um, but the Lord called her home this week, so be in prayer for her family. If you recall, those of you that have been with us from the very beginning, back when we were in elementary school, we did a, a pancake fundraiser over there and uh, to help with her family's medical bills and expenses and whatnot. So be in prayer for the family um, uh, there this week as well in the weeks to come. So today we're continuing in our sermon series that we've been in for, uh, I don't know, close to a dozen weeks already, entitled Barrier Breakers, Overcoming Life's Toughest Obstacles. And we've been diving into the Word of God in uh, things that we just all struggle with. It's all, all of us in certain ways have to deal with. And usually we're an expositional preaching uh, church where we take a book of the Bible and we go verse by verse, but occasionally we're open to the Lord leading us to a topical sermon series. This has been one of them. Uh, the previous one was two years ago called Counterculture, where we talked about every uh, subject that the church is silent about in, in the culture we live in today. We, we, we addressed it. So now God has led us to addressing certain things that we all face and have difficulty in overcoming. And we've seen that there's victory in Christ and through his word. Today's going to be no different because as you saw the video, the intro, we're going to be talking about anxiety. And the title of today's message is Anxious No More. Experiencing life-changing peace. Have you ever been anxious? I mean, it's about anything. It could be something small. It could be something really big. I dare say there's not a person in here that if we had to raise their hands, wouldn't have their hand up. We have all been anxious. It's a, actually a normal human emotion to be anxious. It is. But God doesn't want us to live in anxiety to the point where it starts to overtake us, to consume us. To do bad things. I brought with me a backpack up here. Some of y'all are like, man, what's Brad brought his backpack? He done lost his mind. No, I brought his backpack up here for a, little, for a little prop today. And a lot of you guys are going back to school. So, like, I thought this would be fitting. So, because you're going to be carrying backpacks, right? And, I mean, I, I guess you, y'all in college still carry backpacks. I don't know what y'all do. You probably just got a computer anymore. You don't have books and stuff anymore. I don't know what y'all do. But anyway, so but you used to, back in the day, man, you used to, everything you had was in this bad boy, Right? I mean, big old thick textbooks, and you had this bad boy packed out. Some of your kids carry these to school. And have you ever seen the kid going into school and the backpack's bigger than the kid? Yeah, I don't know how they carry that stuff. I'm a physical therapist. Some of you guys know that. And I've treated people before kids that, like, they were, their shoulders and back was hurting because of their backpack, dude. I mean, seriously, I'm like, dude, get it off one shoulder, get it on both, whatever. But, man, these things can get heavy, Right? I mean, really burdensome down. And, and what's even more heavy just than the physical weight of a backpack is the, the mental anguish of what's inside that bad boy, right? There's tests. There's studying. There's all kinds of stuff you have to do. And how many of you guys uh, that are in here that, man, you're like me, you're, you know, you're in your 40s, uh, some of you in your 50s, 60s, 70s, y'all used to be teenagers. Anybody in here used to be teenagers? All right, so y'all remember this, okay? And, and so we can all identify, whether we're young or past young or whatever we're at, when we had these big old heavy backpacks back in school and there was a lot of stuff in there we were responsible for, what, what, 
happened when we got on break. Do you remember that, that Friday, like right before like Christmas break or like a week-long break or summer break? What did it feel like to do this? Free. Not only do I not have to carry that, I don't have to worry about a test. I don't have to worry about going to class. I don't have to worry about taking notes. I don't have to worry about any of that stress because I'm free to rest. Anybody getting a message already? Guys, that's what God wants to do with us. If you brought a copy of God's word, you can go ahead and turn to Philippians chapter 4 because that's where we're going to be in just a minute. But a lot of us remember what that feels like. And, and some of us, you know, maybe that's so far removed. Maybe you're just thinking about work. And how many of you, you get that same feeling, man, when you get your vacation time, right? Like the Friday before vacation, you got a week off. That's like a freeing moment. You're like, whoo, I don't have a care in the world. And, and, and I don't have to think about nothing for eight, nine, ten days. You have that feeling, right? If you're a lead pastor, by the way, you don't have that feeling, okay? That's gone. I used to have that feeling when I was a full-time therapist. I remember I'd get off on Friday be like, man, I ain't got nothing to worry about. Woo! My mind was free. I was focused on everything else. Now I can be off like I was this past week, and my mind's just, I'm answering emails, answering messages, doing this. So if you're studying to be a lead pastor, by the way, get ready. All right? Make sure God has called you that because you will never have this free feeling. All right? You will always be consumed with the weight of the ministry God has called you to. All right? If you're an assistant pastor, I mean, you might get away with some, you know, you get some free time. You're a lead pastor, you better make sure God's called you there because it's, whoo, right? But you get that feeling, man, when you're free, you're free. You're just off and it's just nothing. There's just no worries. Guys, that's what God wants to give us. So how do we choose to have that kind of peace in the middle of the most anxious moments of our life? Because we know anxiety is a normal human emotion. We talked about that. How do we choose peace in that? How do we have or find God's peace in that? And we know this, it's easier said than done. I mean, it just is. But God wants to give us something, and there's a promise in this. But yet we live in a very worrisome world, don't we? We live in a world where it's easy to worry. Worry about What's next? Worry about when things go wrong. Worry about where I'm supposed to be. Worrying about what, what's next. What, how can I control this person's decision? We worry about a lot of things. What's going on in the world? What's going on in the economy? What's going on in, just fill in the blank. It's a worrisome world. But God, we're going to see here in his word, actually provides us more than just a cool verse that probably a lot of us have memorized. He provides us a tool a key to access his peace, to overcome anxiety that looks to overtake us, to consume us. Because God wants us to be anxious no more and to experience his life-changing peace that only he can give. Let me pray for us real quick before we dive in. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. Father, we thank you for Jesus. And Lord, we come here today to worship you. And Lord, our worship is more than a song. Our worship is with our hearts and with our lives. Lord, we want to be changed, transformed by your spirit and by your word. So Lord, as we dive into your word and gain great application today on something that affects all of us, 
maybe even some of us right now where, we, where we're sitting, we're anxious about something. Our mind is somewhere else. Lord, would you speak? Lord, would you move through your word today? Lord, we want to be and live different than how we came in because of you and your word today, Lord. So we praise you in advance for what you're about to do. You get all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so if you had turned to Philippians chapter 4 with a copy of God's word today, we're going to read verses 6 through 9. That's going to be our teaching passage today. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 9. The word of God says this. It says, be anxious for nothing. Somebody say nothing. But in everything, somebody say everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, Whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. All right. Doesn't get much more cleared out, but let's dig this out. Because some of you, if you have the, the King James Version of the Bible, you see the word careful. In verse 6, where it says, be anxious for nothing, your Bible probably says, be careful for nothing. All right? So what is this word careful? What is this word that the Bible is trying to point to? Is it the word anxiety, anxious, like what we're talking about here today? If you look at the Greek word, it's the word miramaho. And it actually does mean to be anxious about, to take thought or to be troubled with cares. It gives the, the idea and the inclination of you've become overwhelmed, consumed, obsessed with something. Something has taken over your mental state. That's what, that's the, what this word is right here. It's the same word, actually, this word miramaho, that Jesus used for the word worry in Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to read that here in a little bit. So we are on the right subject with this overwhelming, consuming anxiety. The definition of anxiety, if you look it up, is a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. Boy, that's it, isn't it? Something with an uncertain outcome, and, and, and that just breeds that anxiety, and, and it just lights the fire under it. So we then often anticipate misfortune, danger, or doom, don't we? In other words, what we start to do is we start to, to, to play things out in our mind that haven't even happened yet. You ever done that? Man, my brain's really good at that. I think my brain should like make action thriller drama movies or something. Man, because it like makes all these things that hadn't even happened and, just, and it just starts to breed this anxiety in me. How about you? You ever done that? All the time. And see, here's the thing. As we discussed, anxiety is normal, and it's very normal in certain new situations. A lot of you are today are getting ready to start a new school, or maybe you already did, and there was some anxiety, some apprehension with that. Maybe you're getting ready to start a new grade. You're going from middle school to high school, or you're going from high school to college, or whatever's going on. There's some, there's some apprehension there. Some, there's some anxiety. A lot of that's normal. 
We can experience normal anxiety when we have to do public speaking if we're not comfortable or used to it. Or if we're taking a test, if there's anxiety because of fear is a big thing. Fear of financial collapse. So what's going on in the economy? What's going on in inflation? How am I going to be able to afford my bills? What's things going to look like next year? Da, 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 da. And you just start playing things out that haven't even been on your plate yet. How about anxiety from loss of a job? Anxiety from fear of rejection, fear of abandonment, anxiety from fear of being single. And the college kids, young adults, are like, yeah, you had to bring that one up. How about fear of failure? Brings a lot of anxiety. How about fear of situations inside of marriage that haven't been going right? And you start thinking and wondering, I don't think this marriage is ever going to work out. I don't think things are ever going to be healthy in us again because we've tried. We've done this. We've done this. We've gone to this person. We've done this. And you start playing things out in your mind and all these negative emotions and feelings take place. Or how about with your kids? Like my kid's ne never going to make the right decision. My kid's never going to follow Jesus. And, 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 and you just start just worrying and just anxious. Anxiety can come also inside a conflict. How about that? When you know somebody's mad at you or has something against you or you have something against somebody else where they've hurt you. We've gone through that message the past couple weeks. And it can cause a lot of anxiety when their name's brought up or when you face them. Pain of the past can breed anxiety. Mistakes, regret, things we've done. All that can breed a lot of unhealthy emotion where it just weighs on us. And that's the thing. And if this weighs on us, this is when it becomes just past normal anxiety that we all experience in fleeting moments. This word the Bible is talking about here is the consuming anxiety that never goes away. It just consumes you. So this is an anxiety that doesn't go away and in fact intensifies. And the symptoms get worse and even cause health issues. And a lot of this, and you'll, you can Google anxiety, help tips, and all this stuff, and there's a lot of great things that you and I can do physically to help with our anxiety. One, we can get more sleep. One, we can eat well. But some of that's hard to do when you're anxious, and it reverses all that stuff. There's things we can do with, you know, um, just breathing techniques and relaxation and all kinds of stuff you can do. You can um, stop alcohol, caffeine, nicotine, all that stuff that increases anxiety symptoms. But what we're going to see here today is God has a key that's the best key we can use to overcome this. Because if we don't, and anxiety weighs on us like this, the anxiety leads to health issues. Let me just read you some of these that I pulled off the internet. Just listen to this list. Some of the health issues that can happen if you don't overcome and I don't overcome anxiety in our, in our minds and our hearts. You ready? Stomach pain, nausea, digestive trouble, headache insomnia or other sleep issues, waking up frequently, weakness or fatigue, rapid breathing or shortness of breath, pounding heart or increased heart rate, numbness, tingling, sweating, trembling, shaking, and eventually even diabetes, stomach ulcers, and heart problems are linked to anxiety. I don't know about you, but just listen to that list. I'm already, I'm all ears to Jesus right now. How about you? I don't want that stuff. But how many times do I wrestle with anxiety? I'm going to be honest with you all the time. I worry about a lot of stuff. Some of it, 
with the weight of everything and the responsibility I have. But, but how about you and where you're at? Do you worry? Do you let it consume you? Are, are, are you on vacation like I was this week? And even when you're trying to be free, your mind just... You see, God wants us to throw that stuff off and put on him. Yes, we have responsibilities as, as, as people and adults in society. Yes, we have things we have to get done. All right? I'm not trying to say we just, ah, I don't care about anything. Woo, life's a beach. Let's go. No. <laughs> There's responsibilities and things we have to do, but it's that constant mental anguish that consumes us, that God wants us to release. So we see with this list of, of bad things that can happen and then knowing how it can ruin relationships, harm our bodies, and just steal the really uh, vastness of our soul, anxiety is not just some little thing, guys. It's not just some little thing that we could ignore and just go on about our business and, and you know, pop a pill or drink some Prilosec and keep the ulcers down and keep going and expect to be okay. God wants us to release it. Maybe some of you have multiple times this week been in these exact same scenarios that we've been talking about. And God wants us to take our focus and shift it to him. And that's what we're going to see. And this is how we overcome it. So what we're going to learn here as we go through this passage that we just read is it is possible to have peace. Even in some of the most difficult, horrendous, most uncertain and anxious times of our life. And that being said, there are disorders all inside of this that, that are things that are really heavy. Type of generalized anxiety disorders, panic disorders, social anxiety disorders, OCD, PTSD. There's a lot of things which you may need some treatment and seek some help as well. Let's just be honest. All right? But even still, whether it's the simplest form of anxiety, starting a new class, getting ready to take a test, or the most complex forms of anxiety where you deal with stuff on a daily basis, you need treatment, God's prescription still needs to be applied, okay? Even though, yes, you may need that psychiatric care, that help, the medication, whatever the case may be for some of these uh, more significant things, post-traumatic stress disorder. There's even phobias that create anxiety, claustrophobia, fear of tight spaces, arachnophobia, fear of spiders, hypochondria, fear of illness. I looked through, I found some different ones, and there's all kinds of, there's a phobia almost for everything. Do you know that? It's crazy. It's like stuff I didn't even know. I don't even know what the word is. Here's one. I feel like I, I list out a couple. Epistemophobia. You know what that is? Fear of knowledge. Fear, I mean, fear of knowledge. And I understand many that suffer from this live in Washington. But anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry. And then there's Ecclesiophobia. I'm sorry, the filter doesn't catch sometimes. Ecclesiophobia. Ecclesiophobia is actually fear of churches. No, you can't use that excuse not to come every week, okay? All right? But there's, there's real stuff that need addressing and need treatment. So you go there, but then it does not nullify God's prescription that he wants to give you peace. All right? On top of that. 1 Peter 5, 7, great verse that you should have memorized if you don't already. Cast all your cares upon the Lord, for he cares for you. That word, cast your cares, you might have a, a translation that says anxiety. Cast your anxiety upon the Lord, or cast your burdens upon the Lord, for he cares for you. God wants you to give it to him. Take the backpack off and go on break. That's what he wants you and I to do, all right? And what he's going to give here is a game plan. And, you know, we're in football season, and, we, and we're, we're really um, kind of up on everybody's got a game plan, right? 
Like when the other team gets ready to face you, you just don't walk out on the field and look at the coach and be like, hey, what are we going to do today? No, you've practiced it all week, and, and the coaches have watched film on the, on the adversary and, 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 the, and what wants to take you down and has a plan for how you're going to come against it. Guys, that's what God has done through his word. Did you know that? He's given you a game plan on how to face some of life's toughest obstacles and situations, and it's right here, and this is no different because he's going to give us a game plan, and he did in this Philippians chapter 4 passage. All right. So that way, when the opponent anxiety lines up across from you on the field and starts trash talking you and starts reminding you of how he defeated you last year and reminding you of how much bigger he is than you, that you can come out of the huddle and sprint to the line confidently knowing you can face this because God is faithful and he wants to give us an answer. It's his peace. So what we've got here is more than just a cool Bible verse. We've got an action-packed, oriented process to combat anxiety. So if we look at verse 6, be anxious for nothing. Right off the bat, Paul gives a negative command. And what does the negative command mean? It doesn't mean he's asking you to do something bad. That's not what a negative command means. It means he's telling you not to do something, all right? And the, the direct command is stop being anxious. Stop worrying. It affects your relationships. It harms your body. It rots your soul. Stop worrying. That's this command. That's the call of the Spirit of the Lord. But again, that's easier said than done. So we've got to get some handles on how to do this. I can't just tell somebody, tell me, tell me, stop worrying, Brad, and I do it. I've got to have real steps, processes on how I do that. Does that make sense? God's going to give it right here, all right? Because what we know is this robs you of your peace. Anxiety robs you of your peace. It steals it. It's gone. You have no peace in your life if anxiety is ruling. God wants to reverse that and give you his peace. It's better than any peace the world can give, all right? So that's where this flip side of what we're going to see is. So you think about somebody coming to steal, kill, destroy, all this stuff anxiety wants to do. Who does that sound like? Yeah, as the saints would say, who that? That's Satan. That's your enemy. He wants to come to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's going to use a lot of this anxiety just to weigh on us, to make us doubt God's promises. Man, and this is a command. This is not an option. And so many times it helps, and it's proven that we're, you and I are more likely to reach our goals and accomplish things sometimes if we write them down. Did you know that? that that's a... That's a Scientific fact, if you will. So you might want to write this down somewhere in, in conjunction with this. It's a command. Stop worrying. Now, here's the handles. Here's the how that we're going to get onto. All right? Here's what happens, guys. When we worry, when you and I worry, have anxiety, it's really undue care that is in the arena where God's supposed to be. Can we just be honest? That's God's position to worry about all this, to worry about our future, to worry about what's taking place in our life, to worry about how we're overcome things. That's his spot. So what do we do if we take God off of his position as father and we put ourselves there? We flip the roles. Aren't we supposed to be his children? And he's our father? And now I want to be the father on God. I'm going to make you my child because you don't, you don't really know. I know better than you. That's what we do when we worry and, and harbor this. 
Because it's the exact opposite of what God wants to do. It's most natural for the child to run to the, to the father. Anybody, kids, ever had a nightmare? You ever had a nightmare when you were little? Where'd you go? Went to mommy and daddy. Went to, I'm going to get in bed, and I'm going to rest. I'm going to feel safe. Because what I was experiencing over there was making me anxious and scared and fearful. That's what God wants us to do, is run to him. And as we described, most worry is rooted in something that's not really happened yet, but we're playing it out in our mind. And a lot of our worry is, is learned behavior, isn't it? Where we learn from family, we've learned from friends, we've learned from mental habits that maybe even we've made in our mind that destroy us. Let me read you another passage of scripture in line with just this very first part of verse 6 where it says, be anxious for nothing. It's the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. I just want to read that for you. And just let the word of God sink in. Let the words of Christ just really speak right now. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 34. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather in the barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Therefore, somebody say therefore. Here's the answer. Do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. That's those who don't know the Lord. They worry about all that stuff all the time. Stop worrying. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Can't say it any more direct than that. Be anxious for nothing. Stop worrying. So now, when we get into this, Paul's going to start giving this, these commands that are in, in a positive way. So we just had the negative command, stop this, stop worrying, stop being anxious. Now we're going to need to do something. It's a positive command. And it's, but in everything, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. So let's look at that. I mean, we got to figure this out because now here's the positive command. Here's the answer, if you will, to overcoming this anxiety. Here's how we stop being anxious, okay? And first of all, we got to realize this first word. We got to look at it. It says, but in everything. In everything. What does everything mean? <laughs> everything. <laughs> everything. It says in everything through prayer supplication. What does that mean for you and me? That means there's no area of life too small for God that he doesn't, he doesn't care about. He cares about every aspect, every minute detail in your life and in mine. And he wants to address it. So in everything we do this, nothing's too small. 
But how many times do so often we just think, ah, God's not concerned with this little matter of my life, and, and so I'm going to try to fix it myself. And inside that, we start running to other things. And again, this is so much a learned response to anxiety, where we try to, 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 to fix it ourselves, And we try to find peace in something else besides God and what God wants to give us. We find it other places. Some people go to internal searching and being one with nature and the universe to trying to find peace. Good luck. Some people will turn to relationships, money, pop pills. Some, after a really stressful, anxious day or week, you, you run to the, to the cellar and get the, the glass of wine out, and the, and the one glass of wine made you feel a little better, so you think maybe two and three would make you feel a lot better. And where are you ending up then? How about running to the refrigerator instead of the Lord? But there's just something about ice cream, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I don't know what it is, but I mean, so many times we, we run, and, and we don't, we're not in need of calories. We just need to do something just to fill the void, to, to soothe our mind. Whatever we're doing, we're running somewhere besides God, and we're eating, and we're, or we're going shopping. And women are like, oh, no, you didn't, Pastor. You don't want to talk about that. <laughs> we go to mindless surfing or gaming on the Internet. Go to work out. Nothing wrong with that. But is that your filler for God? That's when it becomes a problem. How about workaholic? Just go to work, 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 work. Again, nothing wrong with work. But if you're doing that to fill a void that God wants to take, it's wrong. And it's where we're taking things into our own hands. So a lot of these things that we run to aren't inherently wrong. Some are very wrong and lead to bad places. But God wants to take the place of all of it. And then, yes, with the things that are good, yes, he wants to enjoy some of that too. But he wants to take the place first. Again, when I run to these other things and I look for tangible things, what I'm trying to do is bring back some control to my life. You see, at the heart of anxiety is a life that feels out of control. Right? So we go to some things that we can control to try to, 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 to make things better. And that's where we miss out. So again, what we're doing is we're going to bench God and bring in a substitute that's not qualified and won't provide. Think about it today or, or in the season, if things aren't going well for the Kansas City Chiefs, right, in the middle of a game, they'd be like, man, this game ain't going so well. You know what? I think we need to bench Patrick Mahomes. You know what I'm saying? And we need to put in, hey, hey, water boy, you said you used to play some quarterback back in rec league, right? Get in there, son. Let me see what you got. So you bench Patrick Mahomes, who has proven himself worthy to be on the field and make plays and win games, and you put in a substitute that has never proven itself faithful and is not even qualified. That's what you and I do all the time when we run to all these things to solve our anxiety and not to the one who's proven himself faithful. Don't bench God. Let him be on the field of your life so that he can make the difference that you're looking for. Seek him with all your heart. So inside this, this game plan, now Paul, now that we've got a, a very big grip on what Paul's talking about here and started in this positive command, he gives four things. He gives a four-step process here of how to get rid of our anxiety, all right? So this is a specific way that we should pray. It's, it, it is prayer. And you're like, oh, man, come on, I've been praying. Now, I don't mean just waking up every day, Lord, help me have a good day. Um, Lord, help my knee feel better. No, 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 no. 
I'm talking a specific prayer of focus and adoration and desperation and anticipation and thankfulness of what God is going to do and what he wants to do in your life. So first, Paul says, in everything, through prayer. Through prayer. And this is the general word for prayer, often used in the New Testament. And then basically what it's pointing to is an upward focus or shift. It's a taking a focus off of our storm, off of our situation, and putting it back to Jesus where it belongs. We know the story of Peter walking on the water, what happened when he took his eyes off Christ. We don't have to do that again, do we? But we do it all the time, don't we? We need that message every day to keep our eyes on Jesus and not the storm so we don't sink. So that's his first word, is this upward shift or focus toward God. And it's an idea of, of communicating that to God that, hey, he is God, that he's on the throne. He's daddy. He's who I'm running to. And there is nowhere else to go but him. So it's an act of worship. And we talked about this so many times. And you know, did you know your worship's not just the songs that you sing? Please understand and know that. Worship is your life. How are you surrendering, living your life to Christ? That's worship. Go back to Romans 12. That's your proper act of worship, to be a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, to resist the patterns of this world and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's it. So I'm coming to God and acknowledging him as who he is, that he's on the throne. And just saying that, that Lord, that, man, these challenges are more than I can handle. But I know you can, because you're God. And it's an, an aspect of worship. It's, an, it's a posture of, Lord, here I am before you, the holy God, the only, where I, the only person I know to, to go to because you're faithful and you've proven yourself faithful. Take everything. I lay it down. That's this prayer, this focus. Boy, that, that's more than just, now I lay me down to sleep, pray the Lord my soul to keep, isn't it? That starts this by acknowledging who God is. Second thing Paul says, supplication, but prayer and supplication, what's this word? It's the, it's the word where you're coming before God and you're earnestly and humbly confessing to him that you need him, that you can't handle this. That's the supplication word. That I can't fix this, I can't change this, Lord, but you can. So inside of that, that heart, everything I just said, what does that describe in one word? A very biblical posture. Humility. It's humility. God's saying, saying, God, I can't, but you can. And I acknowledge you. And I run to you. It's an attitude of saying, Lord, will you carry me? Boy, that's a big one. You ever felt like that? Like, Lord, I can't. I'm exhausted. I'm tired of trying to fix all this on my own, and it's weighing me. Lord, could, could, could you just carry me right now? That's this supplication prayer. Adoration, supplication, confession. And it starts to start a process in our hearts and minds that only God can take credit for. And that's supernaturally lifting our anxiety, this backpack off of us and putting it on him. Anxiety comes, guys, when we try to fix stuff on our own. Can I just tell you that? And we worry about how we can fix it on our own. Let me just give you a quick story. Uh, again, I have so many, but let's thank you, Lord, what's the, the biggest one that you've shown me in this? And, and it was in, when we were in the process of buying the land for, for, for this church years ago, back in 2019. And 
God had done a complete miracle to even bring us to the land and get us in that position. And that's a story for another date. Some of you, most of you have heard that. But inside of that, we, were, we had, had raised, we had a, a price of $750,000 we had to raise for the 42 acres over there that we initially purchased. We had raised around 630000 of that, and so we were left with 120000 And by the grace of God, after one bank laughed in our face, one bank gave us a chance on the loan to close it out. And, and there was anxiety in me because I was like, Lord, what do you want us to do? How do you want us to close this out? And so we went through this process with the bank, and it come down to the end and say, okay, everything's done. We got it all finalized. We just got to go get it appraised, and then y'all are all set. And, I'm, and I told the guys, like, great, we've already had it appraised. It appraised at like $1.2 million residentially, and we're good. No problem. He said, oh, no, 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 no. We can't appraise it at what it could be zoned at. We have to appraise it at what it's currently zoned at. Well, guys, it was currently zoned farmland, <laughs> agriculture. And when I looked up the value, even uh, the months prior before we had it appraised the first time, it was like $450,000, give or take, something like that, appraised value. $300,000 less than what we're trying to get the bank to give us a loan to a two-year-old church for. What do you think they're going to say? So I started to get a little anxious. I started to get a little worried. And I'm like, Lord, what do you want us to do? How do you want us to close this out? I'm, 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 I'm thinking, Lord, I know the story how you've brought us to the land. It's a total God story how you put the land owner right in our lap and said they need to sell some land that's not even for sale. We've been praying over it for a year. I know you're in this. I don't know how you're going to finish this, though. What do you want us to do? I was like, do you want me to do something? Here, here, right, right. Here we go. Anxiety. How can I fix this? I was like, do you want Stacy and I? I mean, well, I'll sell my house and, 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 and we'll fund the rest of it. I might get divorced because my life will leave me. But I mean, well, I'll do what I have to do to finish what you started. What do I, I start thinking, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? And I'm, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm like this. And I finally I just said, I told my wife, I said, you know, call, call that realtor and, and, and get them just to look and see what the, oppress, the uh, assessed value now is for the county. Because it's been a year since we checked it. And I was like, maybe it's gone up a little bit, and it'll kind of close the gap from that 450 to the 750. So she did, and then the, the, the realtor called back about five minutes later and said, you know what, guys said, I can't explain this. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> said, but the assessed value of the property has gone from 450000 to $788,000, and it hasn't even changed hands or been sold yet. That never, never happens. And then when I received that, do you know what the Lord just did to me? (laughs) Down, boy. You worried about what you can do? You worried about what you can do? Let me tell you what you can do, Brad. You can be still and you can know that I'm God. How many of us need to hear that right now with what you're facing? We can be still and we can know that he's God. He's in control and he loves us and cares about the most smallest details in our life. We know Matthew eleven twenty eight says, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I'll give you rest. The verse after talks about how his yoke is easy and how we talked about had that message there last week. But I want to read Psalms 55 verse 22 to you out of the NIV. It says this, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. I love that. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. How many of you don't feel like you're going to sustain right now in the situations you're facing? God wants to sustain you. 
And he will never let the righteous be shaken. How many of you in the situations you're facing, all the worry and the anxiety and the problems, and you're worried about your kids, and you're worried about your marriage, and you're worried about your job, and you're worried about finance, and you're worried about this and that and the other, you just feel shaken. You just feel rocked. Like Ray Lewis just got a 40-yard head start and just, bam! God said, when you cast our cares, when you do that, just give it to him, he'll sustain you. You're not going to be shaken anymore like you've been doing. What God wants to do. But it's hard to cast your cares on Jesus when you're still holding on to him, trying to fix them yourself. Don't worry about him. The third word that Paul gives is thanksgiving. And it's this idea, obviously we know what thanksgiving is, idea of being thankful and worship. And the realization that God has come through in the past. You know, so many times we get so caught up in the hustle and bustle of life, we don't even acknowledge half the time what God's doing for us, do we? And God's faithful. And it's this idea of thankfulness is not just what he's doing now and not just thankful for the things you have. It's an idea of a, of a, of a monument in your mind, an anchor in your heart, in your soul that says God was faithful. He had come through in the past in this situation with my kid, with my health, with my finances. And what he's done in the past, he's proven himself faithful and he will provide now. That's this idea. That's this word thankfulness. I'm knowing that he is faithful. In, inside of that should bring us to a, a proper heart attitude of, Lord, forgive me for my selfishness. Forgive me for my wrong thinking, my negative thinking that's being leading to negative emotions. The fourth thing Paul gives here after prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, says make our requests be made known to God. And we know what a request is. It's very specific. It's not just generic, oh, Lord, help me have a great day today. Help me have a better day than I did yesterday. No, 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 no. Specific. God wants to hear from you. Did you know that? He's your father. He loves you. And I'm going to be honest. He's sovereign. He's all-knowing. He knows what you're thinking about. He knows what's weighing you down. And he knows what you're going to ask before you even ask it. But still wants you to talk to him. He wants to hear it from you. That's this loving heavenly father that we have. He cares about you. He wants that backpack off your back. He knows you and he loves you and he cares for you. And this attitude of thanksgiving helps prevent us from having a whining, complaining spirit before the Lord when we make the request known. That we have an attitude of thankfulness. And here's the key too. We know inside of this request, we have to have the right motive and the right heart. James chapter 4 tells us a lot of times we don't have answer to prayer because we didn't ask. And then we don't have because when we ask, what happens? We have the wrong motive. We want things for ourselves, Guys, if you're going and putting a request before the Lord with the wrong motive for yourself, you want the more money so you can spend it, so you can do this, you want a, a, a new position because you think you can just do it better than somebody else, and that's any other, that's wrong motive. That's it. You're in sin. Wrong motive. You, you shouldn't expect to receive anything. So we have to have the right heart, the right motive, and present this request before the Lord in such a way that brings thanksgiving and a heart attitude of humility and everything we've talked about. I love verse 7 in this passage in chapter 4. It says, in the peace of God is going to come. It surpasses all understanding. 
The Bible describes three aspects of peace when it relates to God. Paul oftentimes in, in beginning most of his letters says peace from God to you. That there's a peace that God gives us that he wants us to bestow on other people. And that's the peace of unity and oneness. There's also a, a peace with God that's described in a relationship that we enter into with God through the finished work of Jesus on the cross. That now we're at peace with God because our sin penalty has been paid by Christ and his broken body and his shed blood. But then there's the peace of God. And that's what this is talking about in Philippians 4, 7. And this is different because this is the actual peace that God has. Where he wants to give you his mind. All right? Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body. And be thankful. Circle that word rule if you've pulled that up. Or write that down. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Does the peace of God rule in you? Paul's given us the process here in Philippians 4 and how to make that happen. Jesus in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Guys, he's not an Indian giver. He doesn't give and then take it away. Oh, you didn't use it right. God wants to give freely to those whose hearts are right before him. And it comes running to him. So what type of peace does God have? Think about it. Right now, is God anxious? Is God worried about tomorrow? Is God worried about the situations that are happening on earth right now? No. Total peace. Total control. That's what he wants to give you and me in the midst of it. You get that? He wants to give us his peace. We can only find it in him. And then it says this in verse 7, as we get ready to close, that this peace guards our hearts and our minds. What a beautiful thing. It's this idea of, of a military action, of guarding, of, of setting up a fort and a fortress, of pushing back. So now he wants to grant you something. That's the promise, to give you his peace. But then the promise is he's going to guard your heart and your mind from all the, the negativity and the trash and the destruction and the harmful things that anxiety wants to do. I don't know about you, but I could use a promise like that. Amen? Man, that's what God wants to use. Man, what he wants to do. So here's that game plan to close it out. There was four things, and you can write down the word acts, A-C-T-S, because the first one with prayer, you can write down a dash and put adoration. I come to him in worship and adoring him and who he is. Second, through supplication, is confession. That's the C in Acts. I mean, God, I can't fix this. It's a, a heart of humility that comes before him. The T in Acts is thanksgiving. I come to him with that thanksgiving, that attitude of he is faithful and what he's done in the past, he'll do in the situations presently and in the future. And then the S is supplication, and that's the request that are made before him with the right heart and the right motive. And then inside of that, we run to the Father. And we have to practice that. And we have to repeat it so it becomes the habit. The next time anxiety knocks on our door, that we answer it with this type of prayer and run to Jesus. And if we do that continuously, instead of worry about it ourselves and, 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 and writhe our hands and, and go to the refrigerator and do everything we talk about, if we can start responding like this, it'll become a habit too. And that's where God will start to guard our hearts and our minds in him. 
He grants us the peace that he promises. Verse 8 and 9 closes it, and it's pretty cool because verse 8 gives a symptom treatment. You ever been to the doctor, and of course, you, maybe you have a, a sinus infection or something, right? And so you know you need an antibiotic. So he gives you the prescription for the antibiotic that will heal what's underneath. That's what Paul's given us here in verse 6 and 7. Through the Spirit, he's given us the prescription. But then don't you love it also when, 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 you know, Doc, I got this cough and this stuffy nose. I got this sore throat. And then he gives you something to treat the symptoms while we're working on the infection being killed out. Right? That's what God does here in verse 8. So, hey, while you're in this process of me healing this from the inside out, let me give you something right now to treat the symptoms. What is that? It's how we think. Man, get your, get your mind off the negative and put it on all these positive things that's listed in verse 8. Whatever is lovely and pure and wholesome and upright, all that stuff. Think differently. And that's the, the symptom treatment that God wants to change our mind to right now while he heals from the inside out and gets rid of the infection. And guys, if you're a follower of Christ right now, I want you to know you have access to this. You have access to this type of peace. You do. You know, but that doesn't mean you're accessing it. <laughs> you can be a Christian and be all tangled up in anxiety and getting just beat down by it. And Satan went into victory in your heart and your mind. You can have access but not use it. You ever had a gym membership? Oh, <laughs> You got access, but you ain't using it. God's got the key for you to get in the gym and to let him be your personal trainer and get you where you need to be. Are you accessing it? You have a small God you got some really big problems right now. But if you've got a big God, you're going to have some really small problems. Which one do you choose? Will you use the access that God has given you and let him get you where you need to be and overcome something that wants to steal, kill, and destroy? It's only found in Christ. And he's given you the game plan. But now we need to take the field of life and execute. Will we do it? Let's bow our head and close our eyes. As we close right now, of course we said if you're in Christ, you have access to this. But if you're here and you've never surrendered, committed, and trusted your heart, your life to Jesus, you've never put your faith in him and him alone, and you don't have access yet. And your first step toward having this type of peace we described today is having access through Christ. And that's the only place it can be given. So I'm asking you today, will you surrender your heart, your life to Jesus right now? I don't mean will you just admit that you believe mentally, intellectually that Jesus is Lord. That's great. The demons even believe that. That's not what saves you. It's the belief that, coupled with a heart of entrusting and committing your life to him. That's Romans 10, 9, and 10. But if you believe with your heart, 
and you're justified. Will you surrender and entrust your heart to him today, right now, and let his peace take hold of your life? If you need to do that for the first time, I'm going to lead you through a prayer that I want you to do business with God and just surrender and commit your life to him. Or if you're here and you say, Brad, man, there was a time earlier in my life where I had surrendered my life to Christ, and man, I was on fire, but lately, man, I've drifted away, and man, lately I've, man, life's just been hard, and, and I know where I'm, not, I'm not where I'm supposed to be, and I want to come running back to Jesus today. Will you rededicate your life to him? You pray the same prayer from your heart to God's heart, and just come running back to Jesus right now like the prodigal son. If that's you to receive him for the first time or rededicate right now, would you just say to God, Lord, I, I admit to you that I've messed up, that I'm a sinner, and I'm in need of you, my Savior. And Lord, right now I'm tired of doing life on my own. I'm tired and I'm worn out and nothing's going right. And I'm lost. And I want to come running to you right now. Thank you for sending your son Jesus, God in the flesh, to die on that cross, to break his body, to shed his blood, that I could be forgiven. That he paid my price. And that with that, I could be not only set free from the penalty of sin, I can be set free from the bondage of sin. And I don't have to be a slave to it anymore. I don't have to be a slave to the fear and the anxiety and everything that's consuming me. And the Lord, I could be set free through Christ. And thank you for raising him from the grave three days later, proving that he is God in the flesh. And Lord, I want to claim that same victory right now in my life. My commitment to you is that I want to be a living sacrifice and that every step I take and every breath I make will be for your glory and your glory alone. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Amen. If that's you, no one looking around right now and you did business with God, I just want you right now, boldly, unashamed, just raise your hand. Say, Brad, I did business with Jesus, either for the first time or I rededicated my life to him. Amen. You put your hands down. If I don't see you, God does. We're going to close our service like we do each week. And whatever God's doing in your heart, we're going to ask you to put action with your feet and just come forward and do business with the Lord. There'll be pastors up here. We could talk with you, pray with you if you like, but if you don't need us, you can come right past us and just do business with Jesus. Whatever that is, maybe you made a decision. Maybe you need prayer over a lost loved one. Maybe you need prayer over a health report, a financial situation, a marriage, whatever it is. Maybe you just need to pray about joining the church, getting plugged in, whatever it is. Let's stand to our feet right now. Let's sing with all our heart, with all our voice, and let's come as the Lord leads.
Jesus and give him thanks for his word. It never returns void, and I know it won't be void in your heart and your life this week. So let's take everything that we've heard today and let's defeat that monster of anxiety that wants to consume and overtake us. And let's cast that backpack off and let's rest in Jesus this week. So take this, share it with somebody else, and let's make an impact for Christ. Hey, bring somebody to church with you next Sunday. We got 70 more chairs back here we can put up in this place. Bring them in. Need to hear the word of God. We'll see y'all next week.